Welcome to the Adamantium Podcast, episode number 113. Welcome back, Maniacs. I am your host, Adam R. Harrison, and thank you for joining me today on episode 100 and lucky number 13. I hope everyone had a beautiful Easter weekend. Most notably here in Toronto, uh, we went into our third lockdown, so making it pretty impossible to see friends and family the way you normally would anyways. But at least the sun was out, so made it quite possible to go and enjoy uh, the outdoors. So I hope you made the most of it if you're here in Toronto, like myself. It is also WrestleMania week, so uh, so much wrestling to watch this week. Now with uh, WrestleMania being over two nights and NXT TakeOver being over two nights as well, that's four evenings full of wrestling, which I will love every single minute of it. And it will be really interesting to see with a live audience again, you know, at Raymond James Stadium, I guess something similar to how they did the Super Bowl. So looking forward to discussing more of that on next week's episode. This week on the podcast, we've got a very different episode for you. We are joined by adult film star, director, producer, and best-selling author, Joanna Angel. And I say very different episode, but Joanna is more of a punk rocker than I'll ever be. And she really knows her punk and metal music as much as anybody. And so we hopped on a Zoom call for this virtual series episode to discuss Joanna's second book, mostly, which was just released. It's called Club 42, A Choose-Your-Own Erotic Fantasy. And I had a great time chatting with Joanna, uh, picking her brain all about her career and her writing and entrepreneurial skills, and of course, a little bit about music. And I think you guys will also find it interesting. If today you are tuning into the Adamantium podcast for the very first time, first of all, thank you so much for tuning in and welcome. And of course, we would love to have you back. Feel free to hit that subscribe button on whichever network you choose to get your podcasts. You can also follow the Adamantium podcast on social media. We are on Instagram at the Adamantium, on Facebook at the Adamantium podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison, or you can just search for the Adamantium. So let's get right into today's episode, episode 113 featuring Joanna Angel. Don't forget to check out her book, Club 42. Enjoy your week, everyone. Until next time, this is Adam R. Harrison and the Adamantium podcast. Hey there. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Doing good. So thank you, Joanna, for taking some time to uh, to join join me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. It's exciting to have you. It's a little bit different for us. Um, we we mostly do music interviews, so this is kind of cool. I like to mix it up. So yeah. Well, yeah. here I am. Here you are. Here you are. And one thing one thing I noticed by looking through your social media and just reading about you is is you really hustle. Like, uh, not only are you like starring in films, you're directing, producing, you're a best-selling author. Um, is it a, is it tough to keep up with your day-to-day tasks? No, I don't know. I've always been like a pretty hard worker. Yeah. Um, 
so you know no it's it's not you know like I that's what I that's what I do it's quite apparent though that you have like a very entrepreneurial kind of outlook and is it I kind of have this feeling that now with the rise of platforms like OnlyFans and stuff like that that like even for models it's it's like crucial to have that entrepreneurial kind of mindset yeah I mean I don't know how much you actually know about my history but um a whole lot so okay yeah well I tell me your story (laughs) I started oh my lord I started in the adult industry in 2002 okay um I guess I'm most well known because I had my own studio mm-hmm. um so I've been very entrepreneurial since day one I'm actually less entrepreneurial now than I ever okay. was because I'm tired <laughs> <laughs> um and I enjoy just kind of you know part of being entrepreneurial is you don't you can't really you know that's 20 it's a 24 7 um job mm-hmm. anyway I own a studio called burningangel.com from 2002 until 2018 I guess I sold it to a bigger porn um you know conglomerate mm-hmm. um kind of like everybody knew that studio it was sort of the place where um we like kind of put tattooed like alt like punk girls yeah. on the map that was sort of what we were known for mm-hmm. um we were known for a lot of things. So I don't know. It's yeah, hard yeah. to sum up 20 years. Right, right, right. Of course. Of course. Kind of weird. If, that, like, I've never done an interview with someone who didn't know what Burning Angel was. So I, I don't really know how to explain it. You know, totally, totally cool. I mean, I did, I did read up a little bit and, and I did really, what I did find really interesting was, um, you know, I had read that you, um, you were a big part of helping that kind of alt scene grow. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it, that was, was that, that was, something that you <laughs> Was that something that you had always set out to do or just something that kind of came with your own success? Yeah, I didn't really, you know, it's hard to really like go back and think back to like 2002 when I was starting, but um, I I did not intentionally really mean to do that. Um, Hmm. I didn't, I was like, like a punk rock, you know, girl in the punk rock world. And I didn't even understand that like, representing that in adult was such a like groundbreaking different thing like in my own world everyone was punk like I lived in a bubble kind of I didn't know the Los Angeles like porno thing you have to understand this was before um social media this was before Mm -hmm. Twitter you know this was before you could really know everything about anything Mm -hmm. at the click of a button so um I didn't I guess I didn't really understand that what I was doing was so different because I didn't really know what the norm was mm-hmm. um, back then. So then it kind of became um, my thing. Okay. Um, and the, it became the the real brand of the studio. Um, yeah. But so, uh, yeah. So <laughs> but I, owned, I owned the studio, you know, I performed for it. I, you know, wrote for it, directed for it. And then, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, I sold it. But now I actually still have a job directing okay for studio even though I don't own it anymore so I'm still like involved in right I'm just but yeah but now I also do OnlyFans and a bunch of other things which I'm really happy to I I like doing OnlyFans it's a lot of fun for me it's a lot less stress than owning like a big time studio you know um um part of 
I mean, I don't know how much you want to get into this, but, you know, just owning Burning Angel is very like, um, at a certain point, kind of pigeonholed into my own brand. And you could, I can only sort of stick within my own brand doing OnlyFans. I can kind of do whatever the hell I want whenever I want. Um, But it's a whole different thing. But yeah, but I am, I'm kind of in, in, in all worlds right now because I still direct for Burning Angel, even though I don't mm-hmm. own the company anymore. And I do my own OnlyFans. And, you know, I'm like a freelance worker for a lot of different studios now. Um, but most importantly, I just wrote a book. <laughs> that's, and that's that's what we were originally here to talk about. So, yeah. tell me a little about, so let's talk about Club 42, um, which is your second book. Yeah. Um, so tell me, I mean, whether you're writing, uh, you know, erotic literature or uh, a biography or a timeless you've got to go have some writing chops so where where did you first develop your writing skills I mean I guess I've I've really always been a writer I like above everything which is not something that everybody knows about me obviously um that's never the most exciting thing to talk about you know right. but when I was in high school I like was part of all these like writing programs I, in college I minored in like well I majored in English and my concentration was creative writing I used mm-hmm. to go to like open mic nights all the time and like you know um I I did like even during the summers I would take like writing workshops and stuff okay. like that um, I was part of all these writing groups I mean I've always kind of been a writer and then you know entering the porn industry even though the writing was never like whatever like I did a lot of sex advice columns um I actually contributed chapters to other um people's books um early on you know just like writing about like you know chapters about my career um I've been in like a bunch of different like I've had featured chapters in other people's like anthology books um over the years um, yeah, I saw that you were writing for Spin Magazine, which is... Oh, my God. Yeah, very, very long time ago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I don't even know. I was very... One of my favorite magazines, Q, like, I don't even know if, if Spin is still printing, but, like, I know yeah. Q. Yeah, Q just shut down last year because of COVID. And, yeah, and unfortunately, Q. it's a Q magazine. It's, like, it's basically, like, the UK's Rolling Stone. Oh, okay. They, like, closed okay. their doors last last april or whatever and it's like it's unfortunate that the magazine kind of industry is definitely a dying industry yeah i mean i think it's dead i don't even think it's i think dead um there's like a couple i mean i guess like the high-end like fashion magazines are like a thing like rolling stone is still going but they do you know the ones that have adapted to online and and stuff like that so yeah but yeah i wrote for spin magazine which is really cool um 16 years ago or something like that that was a lot of fun I did like a like a sex advice column for them um and you know and over the years which a lot of people don't realize how much work it is and how much time it takes and how intense it could be I've written scripts for my porn movies which I know people like to like laugh at me or something when they're like oh like like I don't think people realize there's a lot of porn movies with like 50 60 page scripts that right just like it Which would is take most, I'm assuming most of the writing goes into is the, is those parts. So yeah, yeah. Man. But you know, obviously, I've directed pornos over the year where there's like three sentences and somebody walks in the room and has sex. But I've directed yeah. <laughs> a lot of pretty big, like feature length movies with scripts and plots. So you know, the whole time I've been in yeah. the porn industry, I've been writing those, and I think that actually really helps me um, prepare to write a novel because. Right all of those scripts, I had deadlines, you know, I had like guidelines I needed to work within, like you really kind of 
um, I mean, also just, you know, writing erotica, you know, um, you, you get very, I've gotten very, very comfortable or used to like thinking of different scenarios that lead sex. I mean, as part of a porn Mm -hmm. director's job, I feel like it's hotter if there's a backstory, right? So (laughs) I said, I feel like it's hotter if there's a backstory. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're writing, if you're writing scripted porno, there has to be a backstory. In Iraq, there has to be a story or you have no, you know, Um, but like I said, there's plenty of pornos without scripts, but I have written many, 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 you know, scripted feature. They call them in porn, like a feature, Mm -hmm. you know, that means that's like a porno with a plot or like, you know, if it's a porno without a plot, it's like a gonzo movie or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so even when you were doing open mic nights back in the day, were you still right? Was it the same kind of thing you were writing about or was, did you have a different focus at that point? Uh, it was all over the place back then. I mean, I was really yeah. young. Still learning you know? at cops at the time. Yeah. 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 I was like all over so, the place. So tell me I, about I was like how... a emo back then. I wrote a lot right. about being sad. <laughs> well, you're you a know? Punk, right? So. <laughs> You're, I said you were a punk kid, right? So yeah, that is I wrote a lot of like, like, you know, depressing shit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me, tell me about a little bit about your, your writing process. Like, are you someone that can, you know, like you have an idea and you can go add to your book in 15 minutes, or do you have to set aside four or five hours and sit down and really write and plan around writing? Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, especially with writing a book, you mm. devote lots and lots of time to it. But yeah, I set aside writing days. If I'm writing, then I that's all I can do all day is write. And will you um, sit and write for like seven, eight hours, like a full day? Yeah. Yeah. Even though that, that seven, eight hours is not. It blows by in no time. I'm either thinking or I'm dozing off or, and then, but I need to dedicate the whole day. Yeah. Um, I, I used to, uh, I had a commercial production company at one point oh write cool. commercials and even even that i had like a full process like I no it's to, it's harder than leave it. my house yeah and i would write things that takes like five minutes you know that's five minutes of yeah. footage it could, it's it takes you know thought and you need to I, really I like, blow like i would five hours would go out the window like nothing like i'd be yep. at like 11 a.m and i'd be like oh my gosh it's dinner time you know <laughs> totally yeah yeah Exactly. So that's kind of, and I just know myself, I used to try to be like, Oh, I'll get up and I'll write for like two hours and then I'll go about my day. But now I know like, like if I'm writing, that's just what I need to focus on all day. So mm-hmm. it's like all or nothing with me when I'm writing, right. you know? And are you, are you a big reader too? Are you, you know, I don't read as much as I, as I want. Um, uh, you know, I like to read when I have time off and I don't have a lot of time off. So I guess I'm, I don't read as much as as I would like, but a lot of writers actually don't read as much as they no, should. I, I like all of your mental energy is is writing. You know, once you're actually like you're writing as a career, kind of. You know, when it's like, um, yeah. But I look forward to times when I can actually take some time off and just read a book. Um, well, that's that's always- audio books have helped. Okay, you know, for them in my car and like stuff like that. Um, right, that is your way to get through it that's the thing I never I I'll start a book and I'll get like two chapters in and then I don't have time and then I just I lose interest yeah (laughs) like an article reader because yeah 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 I think when you get older you have to you're either like a tv person or a book person right right (laughs) 
like that free time you have at night like yeah, what do yeah. you want doing um I guess when I was like single I would be more of a book person and I would just sit down and read a book but yeah I like I like watching tv but t- watching tv is like you know you're you're like it's there's a lot of good tv out there and you're still getting which is it. also a lot of good writing you know <laughs> yeah exactly exactly it's like you're you're watching writing happen so it's a different mm. it's a different thing but yeah I I used to read more um but yeah, maybe when I'm older and I'm just that cool person sitting on the beach doing nothing, I will read like all the books. <laughs> Did so was the the process of writing Club 42 was it different from your first book, Night Shift? Um, I guess the process was not that different. No, because they're both the same style. They're both choose your own adventure. Yeah, so explain um, explain that for our listeners who maybe don't know what it's about. Tell us what Club 42 is and, and how you read it. How do you read a, a choose your own fantasy? Well, Club 42 is an erotic novel and it's a choose your own adventure erotic novel. So, and it's about a girl that works at a strip club on 42nd street in New York city. And that's why it's called Club 42. Is so you club or what is it a real club? Uh, no, it's not okay. a real club. Okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah. And then you kind of follow this girl that, that like sort of stumbles into working as a stripper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so to, with choose your own adventure, it's like, you'll kind of follow her and like, it'll like tell, like set up a story and then there'll be like a split, like, Oh, well, if you think she should do this, then go to this page. If you think she should do this, then go to this page. If you think she mm-hmm. should wear this outfit, go to this page. If you think okay. she should like go talk to this customer, go to this page. So there's like, options and splits and some of the options like split and then they come back but then some of them just go off in a different direction so there's like there's like five different story like like beginnings middles and endings in this book I have like papers all over the place when you were trying to write this and it's like yeah instead do you have to (laughs) yeah it's kind of like a like a serial killer like crime map like what your walls filled with yeah bands going from (laughs) yeah it's challenging and and I made like multiple outlines and then I stopped sticking to the outline like mid mid writing I mean it's hard writing a book like you really lose your mind Mm -hmm. I have like much respect for like everyone who's written a book I and I thought it would be easier the second time around but it was not easier the second time around um I think that made it easier was that I kind of knew what I was getting into, you know, but it still didn't more of a pressure on yourself to, it was more pressure on myself because Because the first book did so well that. Yeah. And and I, yeah. And I was determined to make the second book better because that's just, that's just what I always do. No matter what I do, I want it to be an improvement over the last thing I did. You know, I feel that way porn you know and and if I don't have that desire to improve then I just don't want to do it anymore I don't like to like work like this mm-hmm. I like to constantly well, it's, the same, it's the same in music right when a band if you're Oasis and you put out what's the story morning glory where do you go from there <laughs> no that's and you know that's hard I I like I have friends and bands are like that's hard. What if like your first album is like your best album and it's Mm -hmm. like 15 years later and you're on stage playing a show and all anybody wants you to play is like that one song you wrote when you're like cool. And you're like, I mean, I find it it can go either way too. There's like Pearl Jam, whose first album was their best album. 
but they still put out a shitload of really good albums afterwards. And then there's like Poison or something, which like, I went went to see Poison like two years ago. And I was like, I was like, you know, like 12 out of 15 songs are from two albums. Like, I was like, you're writing a success for 30 years. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, I would do the same if I could, but yeah. Right. I mean, they, it all depends on the way you look at it. And they made these like iconic songs so early on, like, where do you go Uh, from it? Well, that's true. And at the same time, like if you're a musician, if you have one song that people remember, like what more can you really ask for? You know, I know. know. If people recognize you for at least one thing, then, you know, you're doing pretty good already. (laughs) It's always been my biggest fear to like, like be like, like peaked. Right. You know, like, like it's only down from here. Only down from here. Right. But look, there's, there's no way. I don't think, I mean, I think as an author, like you have to get better as time goes on. Right. You know, it's I think writing is something. Developing. Yeah, right. It's not like music. Like where I do think, as a musician, like your first album really could be your best album because the most like emotion and like whatever yeah. could well, go into. The way I always look at it is like you could have been, you know, if you put out your first album when you're 25, you could have been working on those songs since you were 15. You know, mm-hmm. now you've got to put out another album in two years, you know, right. ten years to work on that first album. And, you know, yeah, so. I think writing is the type of thing as you get better, the more you do it. Do you, ever, you, know? do you ever look back at things you wrote like 20 years ago? And I mean, I look back at my first book now and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. And like, so now everybody's like a lot of people who are buying my new book are want to buy, you know, are buying my right. first book. Like, I mean, I would never want to tell someone not to buy it. And I was so proud. Well, I, like, I feel that book. way about everything. When I look at like movies I did five years ago, I'm like, oh, these suck. Please watch the new ones. You know, right. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I listen back that's to just, like, I'm my own worst critic too. Yeah, well, I know. think that's everybody. I've listened to, like one, I can't listen to these interviews after. Right. <laughs> sound, for one, I hate the sound of my own voice. I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. And I remember listening once. So like my girlfriend listens to the, to the podcast and I'm like, I can't be in the room when you're listening to it. Cause like, I don't know. It makes weird. me cringe. Like it makes yeah. me cringe, especially if it's like an early episode from the first season. I'm like, Oh, what was I thinking? Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's safe to say it's not just an opinion. It's a fact that this book is much better than the first one. I mean, everybody, people have even said that already. They're like, Oh, what, you know, but Dude, being an author for the first time mm-hmm. is hard and making it choose your own adventure. Like, so there, it, there, it was a genre, like it, there wasn't really anything I could read to use okay. as an example. Do you get like kind of mixed in with like erotic literature? Is that like kind of- Yeah, like, it's erotic okay. now. Yeah, so you what's, so what's, like the, what's the market for like that now, you know? Um, From what my publishers tell <laughs> me, I think- I think typically the market for erotica is like um, women, okay. you know. Yeah. House. But I mean, also like for instance, but I think that's, it's like that's not there... who I wanted to read. You know, that's not right. who I. But what I, what I what I'm thinking too is like, was there a huge spike in demand? Say after something like Fifty Shades of Grey came out, did more people want more erotic novels after something uh, like that? Well, you know, I don't. I don't exactly know like all the statistics, right. um, but I think, I think more like stores 
mm-hmm. like want to pick well, more up. Right. Yeah, I think. But honestly, I I mean, I think that Fifty Shades just kind of like, yeah, like opened the door to more. Why erotic. do you think that that book in particular <laughs> made it so mainstream? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't random. I, I didn't have topic. anything with why it became mainstream no so i really, know i'm in your opinion you know i don't know I've, 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 i haven't read it but you know it's so hard for me to understand sometimes why things hit but i can acknowledge that it did you know uh-huh. like i i didn't like the book but i'm not who that book was geared right. towards like that book was geared towards women that never get to like experience anything kinky and mm. this was their like excitement. That is very much not me. I'm like on right. the other side. I've got like, <laughs> I I don't have like a void in my life for like kink. <laughs> right. So that book did, was not geared your, towards your kink cup is is full. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but look, I I think it was it was awesome that it hit the way it did. Right. Just because I personally did it. The door like to so many the book. Other- Mm. Yeah, it opened the doors. I, I actually know firsthand because I don't really know that much about publishing statistics, but I do know that in um, it definitely made like the sex uh, like novelty industry go up. Like everybody wanted to buy whips and like latex clothes and um, handcuffs, you know, like a lot of like sex shops were like booming in business. Like every husband wanted to like go out and buy their wife like leather handcuffs or like right. whatever you know so that it definitely affected it definitely opened up like all like bdsm mm-hmm. you know it made it more broke down mainstream. the walls of, yeah. yeah but um for me as a writer it kind of gave me hope mm-hmm. um, like oh well if that novel can like make it to like the new york times bestsellers list then maybe mine could which is something an erotic author never thought you know what I mean? So maybe it could cross over to be like a a real mainstream thing. So it gave me hope. However, um, yeah, that hope has not become a, a reality at the moment. <laughs> so far, so far, so nobody. Far, but I mean, I've the reviews that I've read for your book have all been pretty stellar. Yeah, no, pe- people like the book. People like the book. It's um, Fantastic. And I'm, I'm happy for you. Thank um, you. When before we wrap up, I wanted to just ask a little bit about your personality. Your alt. One one thing I've noticed very much part of your identity is your tattoos. Um, do you have like uh, selected artists that you tend to use? No, I don't. I I've never been. I go to like lots and lots of different people. I actually okay. haven't been tattooed in a few years, and I'd really like to get tattooed. But uh, mm-hmm. I never had like like I if I liked an artist, I'd go back to them a couple times. But like. Okay. I wasn't that type of person that only went to one artist. Like I liked getting tattooed by lots of different people. And I would be the type of person if I was on vacation and having fun, I'd be like, I'm having so much fun. Let's get a tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I would used to go to a lot of like tattoo conventions and I would just Mm -hmm. get tattooed by random people at conventions that I'd only see once and never see again. So I don't know. I've been tattooed by lots and lots of different people. Um, and you tended yeah, there were certain artists that I, I went to several times, either because they I like their work and also because they live near me and it was just kind of convenient to go to them. When you go to, when you go to a convention, are you kind of just like picking out a piece on the spot? Or do you yeah. go like knowing their work ahead of time? No. Well, I mean when I on the spot, eh? 
I would walk around and I just, I don't know, but like a burning angel, <laughs> yeah, burning angel, we would always have like booths at tattoo convention. So, okay. oh, right. um, I, I would wind up hanging out with a lot of the tattoo artists, you know, mm -hmm. I'd like party with them and whatever, but I don't know. I would kind of just like, I'd always like, like on Sunday, cause it would be like the slower day. I would be like, okay, I'm going to leave my own booth and pick an artist and go get tattooed. Or I don't know. A lot of times it would just work out like whoever I became friends with that weekend or right. I don't know. But most of the time I would just like let them pick something out. Okay. I don't know. That's a lot of trust. <laughs> yeah. But who cares? I right. don't know. Yeah. First of all, if somebody is good enough to be at a convention, most of the time they're yeah, pretty right. good. <laughs> and like obviously I can see their work but like I don't know I've gotten some tattoos over the years where afterwards I'm like meh it's kind of ugly and uh it doesn't like bother me like yeah. it's like part of the you know if I had fun and I enjoyed the experience and right. you know the memory um yeah if I'm gonna get like a really big piece it's got to be someone I like know right. and know their work and whatever but like if it's just like a small thing like it's right. you know, I don't care. Yeah. What if you find like a really big piece now? Like, are you ever, are you worried that you don't have enough space <laughs> to put it now? Oh, I have plenty of space. Plenty of space still, eh? Yeah. Plenty of canvas still to go. Yeah, I don't even know if I have the patience to get a really big piece anymore. It takes like a lot of hey, yes, time. Yes, days. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah, I haven't been tattooed in a few years. Um, it hurts. Mm-hmm. Sure does. <laughs> I and I don't have I have two, you know, and not nearly as many as you do. But yeah. And then it takes the it's got recovery time too. And then if you're in LA, yeah. you stay out of the sun and <laughs> totally, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and especially if you're filming, you can't go on like a film set with some open right. wound, you know. Because because I noticed we're doing that. Are you like halfway through your day already? Are you a morning person? Uh, uh yeah, I am a morning person. You are a morning yeah. person. Are our adult films the same. Like I remember when I was shooting commercials, like we were on set at like six a.m. and they're like, you know, yeah, you know, I actually done a few mainstream things. It's kind of funny in porn. Right. We call it, that's not a porn mainstream. Like I okay. could be on my friend's like crappy YouTube channel, and I'm like, it's mainstream. But right, right. but I've been on a few. Like I did a, uh, I had a cameo or something, or you know, a speaking role on on a Adult Swim before on a, right. a show. I've done a couple things, music videos, and the call time is always like six, 6 a.m. Yeah. 5 a.m. I remember when I was, yeah, when I was on Adult Swim, call time was 4 a.m. And I, I thought I read it wrong because I yeah. had never seen 4 a.m. before. I remember looking at the sheet and I figured it was 4 p.m. And I was like, yeah. okay, I'm bored. I was like, all right, I got, I got like a late call time tomorrow. I'll sleep in. And then like, I did a double take. I was like, holy shit, 4 a.m. Yeah. And if it's oh. like on a, if it's on a budget too, you're like there for like 18 hours and then back the next morning at 5 a.m. Yeah. And like, yeah. Or like, I think most people start at like, a lot of people start at eight, between eight and 10. Okay. Kind of depending on, you know, what the day is like. But yeah, but you you need the sunlight, you know? Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, there are, there's other companies like, you know, I used to shoot like a whole series that was all at night. So that would be at night. But then that would be annoying to shoot because like at a certain time of year, like it didn't start getting dark till really late, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, anyway, whatever. Okay, and last last note. Tell me, as a as a punk as a punk kid, what what kind of music are you into? What what do you like to dance to? What gets you going? I mean, I love punk and I love metal. You know, like a um. So who are yeah. who are a couple of your favorites? 
Oh, I mean, I have so like, like all time favorites or like, give me, what? give me a couple all time and a couple of what you're listening to right now. Um, I guess all time, like, I don't know, like the misfits and yeah. Rancid. um, probably my all time, like favorite metal band will be like Pantera or like a, okay. you know, a classic like that. Um, one of my, any of them? I never saw Pantera, but yeah, I've seen Rancid a million times. Have you ever got to meet, meet them? Who? Uh, have, have you got to meet them before? Who? Like the guy, have you met the guys from Rancid or anything like that? Yeah, I actually know the guy. Oh, there you go. Awesome. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I actually, I met, um, I met Vinnie Paul from, but never, I never met Dimebag Daryl or anything. I don't know. I've met a lot of people over the years. So when you're a porn yeah, star. Yeah. Porn stars and musicians go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to meet them. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, like, like, what am I listening to now? I mean, I love uh, the band Ghost. Um, that's one oh, of my, yeah. but like, I guess metal bands. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I guess uh, lately I've been listening to The Used came out with a newer album last year, mm-hmm. and I really yeah. love it. But in terms of like punk albums, it's probably like one of my favorite like punk albums um i've been listening to the new kill switch engage a lot um i Are don't you know fan of new kill switch with the new singer yeah yeah and you know he's got that one song with with howard too on mm-hmm. that it's really beautiful yeah. but yeah, i mean it's really good i and yeah. i was like, kind of a completely different band because i feel like they were i mean with howard was like a very distinct sound but the but the new singer seems to have oh, that. Yeah, it oh. just it feels to me like it it it's great music. It just feels like it's almost like Kill Switch too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I get it. Yeah. But it, a lot of the melodies and stuff are still the same. Oh I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, but I think Ghost, Ghost like the, that that guy's insanely talented. Yeah, yeah, he's so like, talented. He he built his brand so perfectly. Like. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so they make it really like fun to be their fan. Yeah. Have you, you been know? to one of their shows before? So yeah, a few yeah, times. I've, I've so cool. And it was yeah. It yeah. was. And they're becoming more mainstream now, which is kind of nice because they'll get a little bit more budget and. <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine what they'll do with it. <laughs> Amazing. I'll join. I think I've uh, I went over my time a little bit here, but thank you cool. so much for. for thank you. All the best with the book. Yeah, keep it real in Canada. You you have a good day. Thanks, Joanna. Bye-bye. Bye. The Adamantium. Thank you for tuning in to the Adamantium Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we'd absolutely love for you to subscribe to us on whichever platform you listen to your podcasts. I'd also love to see you on social media. You can follow on Instagram at The Adamantium, on Facebook at The Adamantium Podcast, and on Twitter at Adam R. Harrison. Thank you again so much for listening.